first episode of 2023. I know we're like three weeks late, but happy new year, Daniel. Happy new year's to you. Talk to me. How you feeling? Y'all feeling good, man. New year, new episode, but same content, same hosts, same energy. Nothing's changed. Only the year. I agree. I agree. New year, new episode, new month, same hosts, same content, same thing. You sports basketball. Let's get it. What's up, everybody? My name is Deshaun Stevens. It's your boy, Daniel Noel. And welcome to the Ball and Up podcast. It's the show where we talk about university basketball up here in Canada. Daniel, we're coming off a pretty interesting weekend in the world of youth sports, men's and women's basketball. And I think where I want to begin first is, is with the blowouts. It, it was a really interesting weekend. I know last week when you and I looked at the schedule, we said there's not that many must-watch games to kind of like look at this past weekend, this upcoming weekend, whatever it might have been. And really and truly, we proved to be right because there were 21 blowouts this past weekend across both youth sports, men's and women's basketball. Can you give me your thoughts on that? Yeah, like it was pretty crazy. Like you said, like, as you mentioned, 21 blowouts, 14 came in the women's, seven came for the men's. And it's just like, what, what's really going on? But sometimes that's how schedules play out. You know, the top teams will go face, you know, the lower ranking teams. And, and that's what happens. You know what I mean? But also we had games where there were teams that were ranked last week that got blown out as well, too. So just goes to show you that the level of basketball here in Canada and youth sports is rising in that. It doesn't matter if you're the number one team. You can still go out there and lose. It doesn't really matter. Any given night, anything can happen. I wasn't really surprised with some of the blows. Like, for example, you saw Ottawa put a whooping on Ontario Tech in women's basketball. They beat them 102 to 45. And that's not a surprise because Ottawa, I mean, we're going to talk about it later. They're the new number one team in the nation. But you got a number one team in the nation facing a, a team that only has two wins on the season. I mean, you're going to expect a, a blow like that. But then you had some random blows. Like, you had like a, you had UBC limit uh, Thompson Rivers to only 26 points. Like, they beat them 83 to 26. Like, that's, <sighs> That, that's a little bit disrespectful. You see what I'm saying? Like, if you're able to limit up at the collegiate level to under 30 points, like, that's a little bit disrespectful, you know? So um, I think it was an interesting weekend. Not surprised to see some of these blowouts. But then again, you know what? We're coming off the break as well. And you have some teams that played in exhibition tournaments. You know, we're staying active during the break. We're getting in their, their doses of competition. And then you were having some teams that just had straight up two weeks off. And all they did was just practice. Didn't get a taste of other teams. Didn't get any new looks. And this is what happens when you come back. And you're kind of you kind of have that rust. So I wasn't really surprised to see this, but interesting, we can say the least. Let's get on to the next topic. I just want to get that out of the way first. I think that's like the negative aspect of this episode. Let's touch on some positives. Let's talk about Kiara Letlow from Cape Breton because she's been killing it this season. She's been quietly killing it this season. She's averaging 21.8 points per game, which is second in the nation. She's averaging 16.3 rebounds per game, which is first in the nation. And over her last six games, she has scored 25 points, 22 points, 22 points, 40 points. And she has also had a 20-point game. Daniel, talk to me. Yara Letlow, the best player in youth sports women's basketball. She's not underrated, but just not given the credit that she deserves because of two reasons where she goes to school. 
and what conference her school is in. So it's kind of like a double negative there, double whammy, where it's like her team's in the AUS and it's not the most popular team in the AUS as well, too. But the numbers speak for itself. Like this year, she's averaging 22 points, 16 rebounds, 53% shooting from the field. So she's playing out of her mind. She was also the 2022 U Sports Rookie of the Year and made the second team All-Canadian. So you could definitely make the argument that she's the best player in Canada as well. You got to mention like, Sarah Gates and Jay Belmore, but I think for sure she's a unanimous uh, first team All Canadian this year by far. I think what's so interesting is you touched on it the team that she plays for, Kate Brenton, right now they're six and eight. They got a losing record. You see what I'm saying? I think it's so easy to overlook a player like this when they play for a team that has a losing record. And this is not new for Kate Brenton on the men's side. They also have a team with a losing record with one of the nation's leading scorers in Osman Omar. So I think really and truly what I want to see one day when Kiara Letlow's maybe like in her third, fourth, fifth year, would love to see her maybe transfer out of that situation, maybe make a run at the national championship. In my opinion, right now, you're looking at it, she's top five in two major stat categories, points and rebounds. She's averaging a double-double. I think she's the best player in the nation. I think she's the best player in the nation. And I think it's just so easy to overlook what she's doing. I mean, look, in her last game, she had 25 points and 18 rebounds and they lost. At the end of the day, listen, she's putting up numbers. Uh, she's turning a lot of heads. Just that one negative right there is the team that she plays for. And also you touched on like, the conference as well. People always overlook the AUS conference. Um, but listen, listeners, I'm here to tell you, AUS basketball is not the same as AUS football. AUS basketball is legit okay legit do not disrespect AUS basketball but yeah shouts to Kiara Letlow shouts to that Toronto product someone told me the other day they asked me how did Toronto let go of her how did Toronto let her go how did Toronto let her go all the way out east how did not one Toronto school give her a proper offer I have to say how did not one OUA school give her a proper offer <laughs> to be honest that's what I would counteract with that um but shout out to her yeah shout out to her real talk but let's stick in the AUS okay Let's talk about one of your favorite teams. Let's talk about the Dalhousie Tigers because they are the defending AUS champions on the men's side. But they're currently 7-6 and six and third in the AUS behind UPEI and St. FX. Daniel, let me ask you, is their reign over? I, I think their dynasty is coming to an end and it's very slowly that you're, we're seeing this. It's like you mentioned, 7-6, seven, seven third place in the AUS like we mentioned before a few episodes back, like in the last 13 years, they won eight of the last like of the last championships and they're on a three P right now. But they're just not dominated dominating the AUS like as we're used to. You know what I mean? Like this past Friday, they just lost 92 to 61 against a five and seven Cape Breton team. 92 to 61. So that's a 30 point loss. And that was a four point game too. So that game mattered. People were trying to win that game for standings. So I just think there's a change in the guard in the AUS. And I feel like Dow's reign was good. But I think now there's a new guard in the AUS. And I think that's St. FX. And they proved that by beating them twice so far this season. It sounds cliche, but one of my most favorite sayings is all good things must come to an end. And it's one of my favorite sayings because it is so true. Nothing lasts forever. All right. This team. They've had their time in the sun. Like you just said, three consecutive championships, conference championships. They're in the midst of a three-peat, which is something you rarely ever see in youth sports basketball, whether it be men's or women's. All right, but the reality is they've lost a lot of key players 
who have brought them to the top of the mountain, including Key Van Vino, who is gone now. Um, you're looking at St. FX. We've been saying this from the beginning of the season. This is St. FX's conference to win. It's their conference to win. Um, we, we've been raving about David Moinkat. But clearly, he's not the only one on that team that can put up points. He's not the only one on that team that can put up numbers. That team is loaded with scores. And there are four to five guys in that lineup that can give you 20 to 25 on any given night. And we saw it this past weekend when they beat Dalhousie. All right. So the reality is, I think when it comes to Dalhousie, I think their time is up. I think, you know what, they'll still be a competitive team in the, in the AUS conference. They haven't fallen off just yet. They're still a competitive team. They still got a winning record, seven and six. But again, it's St. FX's conference to win. Let's move from the AUS over to the OUA. And let's talk about our favorite team, TMU Women's. Here we go. I thought this team would finish not only last in their division, but last in their conference, last in the OUA in general. But here we are midway through January, and this team is 6-6 six and six and third place in the OUA Central with an opportunity to possibly finish in that top two. So, Daniel, let me ask you, in 2023, is there a possibility that TMU women's could actually make the playoffs and maybe even make a run at taking this division? Uh, we love TMU here on the show. And you know what? Got to always follow the national champions, but – I just don't see them. I don't think they're a threat right now. Like you mentioned before, they're currently six and six. They did get off to a slow start at zero and four, and in the last ten games, they're six and four. Okay, but four of those wins came from teams who are currently under five hundred. So that win against Guelph, it was impressive. It was great. They gave Guelph the first L of the season. But I'm just not convinced they're a true threat. Big point you just made. Most of their wins came against teams that were under five hundred. It's facts right now. Their biggest win this season, which came against growth again, impressive win, impressive way to actually start off the year. Right. But then they came back now and then they had that loss to Laurier. You see what I'm saying? I'm looking at the remaining schedule. They got Ottawa, the current number one team in the nation. That's going to be tough. Then they got mm-hmm. Carlton, a top 10 ranked team. That's going to be tough. They got Windsor. All right. They got Western. Always going to be tough. They got Lakehead twice. They got York. That should be a win. They got McMaster, division rival. That should be tough. And then they got Brock two times to finish the season. I'm looking at this team right now. I'm saying there's a possibility that this team could finish with a winning record, but it's going to take some very good basketball from this young core. Very good basketball and some very good coaching, which they have. All right, but do I think this team could win the division? Do I think this team could finish over Brock? Maybe. It's possible. It's possible, but do I think they could finish over Mac? Absolutely not. Nah, they they don't have a player like Sarah Gates that can convince me to give the ball to and give me, hey, you know what, give me 20, 25 points a game and score. McMaster has that, and they've, I mean, Sarah Gates has also won an OUA championship as well, too. And like compared to players on the TMU team this year, no, not many of them played that much last year. So that experience isn't there as well. So I, I, I don't, see them taking over the division yeah i think the formula to win this year whether it be oua men's or oua women's is you need to have one or two players that you can go to for buckets 
I think that's been the story of youth sports basketball this year in general. You got to have one or two players that you can go to for buckets, right? You look at some of the teams that don't have that dominant number one, like Carlton, they're struggling in some of their, some games where they should be winning, right? But when you look at teams that have their dominant number one, like Queens, they're balling, right? So I think when I look at TMU, their thing is just, they don't have that dominant number one and number two. They're more of a score by committee type of team. Like whoever has the hot hand tonight, let's feed them the ball, right? And if no one has the hot hand, they're screwed. At the end of the day, What's saving them? Great coaching. So I'm looking at TMU right now, extremely impressed with what I've seen from this team, given the roster they brought back this season. I think they've already kind of, you know, shot past expectations that many people have for them this year. If you're a true basketball head, you know, this team probably wouldn't have done that good this season based on who they got compared to the field. But when I'm looking at this team right now, I think, listen, if they can finish number three in their division, if they can finish number two, big ups, right? If they can finish number one, you know what? Miracles do happen. Uh, but if they don't, it's okay. It's more of like a rebuild, retool year for them. So uh, big ups to TMU always. Great to see them fighting the good fight. Let's move over, Daniel, to our last major topic of the day. And let's talk about UVic men's in the Canada West Conference. Because listen, right now, the Victoria Vikes are 12-2, and two, second in the Canada West Conference. They are riding a nine-game winning streak, and they are led by the nation's second-leading scorer in Diego Mafia. That might be the best name in youth sports basketball, by the way. Maybe even just youth sports, Diego Mafia. Um, and they just got ranked the new number one team in the nation. Daniel, talk to me. Can the University of Victoria Vikes men's basketball team actually win it all? Listen, this is a team that I had going to the finals against Brock last year. My bracket blew up. That wasn't true, as we both know. But listen, like you mentioned, they're the newly ranked number one team in the country. And it makes sense. You know what I mean? They're playing in the best, one of the best conferences. Canada West is one of the best conferences. They're sitting in second, but they have more wins than Manitoba. But And the eight-game win streak, too, and they're winning with dominance. That's the thing. They had a few L's on their season. Like you and I both agreed on earlier, no team is going to go undefeated. But I think they lost at the right time early in the season. And the experience from last year, winning the Canada West as well, too, which people forgot they won. I bring that over to this year. And like you said, they have that guy, Diego Mafia. They also have a good supporting cast. They have Elias Ralph and Ronaldo Robinson. Those guys are both averaging over 13 points per game. So the scoring is coming from three directions. And as you mentioned before, to win a U Sports National Championship, you have to have at least two to three players you can give the ball to and say, hey, I need buckets. Listen, right now I'm looking at Diego Mafia. And over his last just nine games, this is what he's put up. 34 points, 22 points, 25 points, 28 points, 20 points, 33 points, 24 points, 22 points, 21 points. That's crazy. This brother right now <laughs> is on a nine-game streak where he has scored 20 or more points in nine consecutive games. Okay? That's crazy. All right? But the fact of the matter is this. The formula is right there. When this young man has 20 or more, you're going to win games. The last time they lost a game was the last time he had less than 20 points. He had 11 points back in November. And that was their last loss. So clearly, right now, this offense, this team is flowing through Diego Mafia right now. And he's putting together right now one of the, the better seasons that 
we've seen from an individual score in U sports men's basketball. Um, but this terror, this, this reign of terror that he's on right now is just, is crazy. And I want to see now if he can keep this going until the end of the month into February, when we step into playoffs, you see what I'm saying? Because if he stays hot and he carries this throughout the playoffs and carries this onto the national stage, I don't see why you can't win a national championship in 2022 right now. He is the most lethal scorer in the nation. No one can stop him. He has control over whatever game he plays. I'm looking at you, Vic, and I'm saying it's it's in their court. Right now, in my opinion, at this point, mid-January 2023, they are the favorites to win a national championship this year in U-Sport Men's Basketball. I don't see any other team that could dethrone them. Yeah, no, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think it's just we know they can win the Canada West. They did it last year. But the question this year is, like, can you finish the job? You know what I mean? They were the number two seed last year going into the tournament and lost in the first round. Now, mind you, they did lose to Carlton, who ended up winning the national championship. But it's just the fact that as the number two team, you lose in the first round. This year, it's like, can you show me that you've improved from just winning the Canada West to now winning the U Sports? Because as we both know, winning your conference and winning the national championship is just two different stories. Absolutely. And I'm looking at, you got to look at teams in the OUA, right? I think you got to look at teams in the OUA and who they they might run into when they reach that national stage. You're looking at Queens, you're looking at Carleton, you're looking at Ottawa, right? Those are three teams that they possibly can see, right? And I'm looking at, if I look at those three teams right now, I'm saying one, I think they could take Carleton. Easily. Because I don't think Carleton has anyone that can go <laughs> shot for shot with Diego Mafia right now. I'm sorry. I think they might be able to take Ottawa. I think their hardest challenge might be Queens. You could slip Brock in there and say that, you know, they could beat them. You could slip them into, you could slip St. Effects in there too. You know what I mean? So, you know what, St. Effects, a lot of people are sleeping on St. Effects. What people don't realize about St. Effects is that might be the most athletic team in the country. Like when it it comes to just like scores, but then just pure Mm -hmm. athletes, right? And I would love to see how they, you know, fare against some of these Canada West teams that are more skill, more skill. You see what I'm saying? When you look at UVic, that's like, that team reminds me of like a European team. They just got <laughs> skilled guys. Like they just got guys that are skilled, no freak athletes, just skill. You know what I'm saying? I think that's what the, one of the most unique things about like U sports basketball at the national level is you get to see some of these conferences that have different play styles really just clash, right? So I'm really looking forward to this year because it seems like when you look at all four conferences in Canada West, the skilled conference out, out East in the AUS, it's like the athletic conference. The OUA is like a mix, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then the RSEQ, we don't really talk about the RSEQ, but you know, they are what they are. <laughs> they're, just, they're just there. They're there. They're there. One more thing before we move on Canada West, how you feel about this subscription they got going on? <laughs> oh man. I was how so you feel about this subscription, bro? I, I was pretty frustrated because, you know me, I like BC. I like supporting the BC teams, but not. And I was going to go look at the Regina game. I know it's not BC and versus Winnipeg. And $9 to watch one game. And I was like, that's insane. Like, how are you supposed to spread awareness about athletes and players and get even students to watch it? And it's like $99 for the whole year. And I'm just like, really? When the OUA, the AUS aren't charging, but you, the Canada West feel you got to charge people to watch the games that people go to the same school ridiculous i think it is tough i think it is a little bit not accessible to students right because 
real talk, I don't think there's many students out there that are going to be paying $99 to watch their team play or watch any Canada West team play. Especially for one game. Right. So I think it's a little bit tough. I will say this, though, for football, though, for football, the production for Canada West football is very, very good. It's very good production. For basketball, the production's not even, it's not even up like that. So, so for football, at least you can make the argument of like, oh, the production's super good. It's the best production you'll see in the country. So you're paying for a good product. For Canada West basketball, the production for their products is kind of similar to OUA, kind of similar to AUS. So what are people really paying for is what I'm asking, right? So Canada West, if you're listening, you know, reevaluate those prices. Make some affordable student plans for, for some of these students that want to see your teams play because charging $99 a year subscription to be watching the sports is a bit too much for our students. So let's reevaluate that. Make it more affordable, please and thank you. Let's close out with a top 10 because this week's top 10 was headlined by major change. Let's look at the men's top 10 first. In at number one, we have the Victoria Vikes at 12 and 2. At number two, we have the Carlton Ravens at 11 and 2. At number three, we have the Ottawa GGs at 11 and 2. At number four, we have the Queens Gales. I feel like U Sports has some beef with Queens, bro. <laughs> we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. They're at, a, they're at 11 and 1. At number five, the Brock Badgers are 9 and 3. At number six, the Cinefx X Men are in at an 11 and 2 record. At number seven, your favorite team, the Alberta Golden Bears. Listen, they're above 500. They're seven and five. All right. <laughs> and at number eight, you got the Manitoba Bisons, 11 and one. Number nine, UBC Thunderbirds, seven and five. And number 10, the Lakehead Thunderwolves make their way back into the top 10 with a nine and three record. Talk to me. What are your thoughts? Ah, uh, oof, man. Shout out to you, Vic, though. I think that's big for them and their program being ranked number one especially over Carlton Ravens. I think it's been a year since the Ravens haven't not been number one. Um, speaking on the Ravens, I don't think they're not like their top five team in the country anymore. Like I was watching their last few games. They struggled against, I believe it was Guelph and Waterloo. And those are teams that don't even have like five wins on the season. So that's that. Queens, I think they're, they proved themselves that they're top three, only one loss on the season. Give them the respect they deserve. St. Effects could be moved up as well. Alberta, you know my stance on Alberta. UBC, I'm also, this is a team that I had to win the Canada West, but they haven't proved that they're a top 10 team in the country yet. I think there's definitely better teams in the Canada West and in the OUA that you could put ahead of UBC. And Lakehead, they deserve that spot as well too. Like I said, they're the only team to win two or three games against ranked opponents this season. So shout out to Lakehead. I want to touch on Queens because... Queens and Manitoba are the only two teams on this list that have one loss. Now, Manitoba, they're number eight because their schedule is a little bit, it's a little bit easy. And we've talked about that before. But Queens is battle tested, right? I think they've faced all the top contenders they could face in the OUA. They've beat majority of the top contenders they could beat in the OUA, yet they have not made a single appearance on this list at number one this season. I think that's a bit blasphemous. I think it's a bit suspect. I think um, whatever's going on, you sports head office, whatever you got against the Queens Gales, drop it because this is a team that deserves their respect. But at the end of the day, no, Queens is, they're doing their thing. And I think at the end of the day, you look at these rankings, you see Queens in at number four and you're never going to see them at number one. But you know what? When it comes time for that national tournament, they're going to prove people wrong, right? This is just going to be fuel to their fire. Uh, you, Vic, 
big ups to them, like you just said. Big ups to them. They are balling right now. Again, long wing streak that goes back to November. And you know what? We, we went over the stats. What they are producing right now is worthy of being a number one team in the nation. So I'm happy to see at least that the new number one team in the nation is a team that's deserving because, to be honest, I think you and I can both agree on this. The Carlton Ravens have not been playing basketball as characteristic of a top-ranked team. So uh, big ups to them. Uh, Laken, back in the mix. They got a big win this weekend. Alberta, your favorite team. I don't know what's keeping them in there, man. We're not <laughs> giving them any attention today. We're not giving them a I don't know what's keeping them in there. Uh, UBC, another team that you were pretty high on. I think there's time for them to – I think it's time for them to get out of there. I think there's some more deserving teams in there. I'd even keep UFT in there, to be honest with you. I think UFT deserves to be in there. So, um, But shout to some of these teams. I mean, Brock deserves to be in there. Ottawa, right? St. FX, great to see, you know, uh, an AUS team in the middle of the pack. Um, but this looks about right to me. Manitoba, man. Manitoba. If there's one thing that U Sports knows is that Manitoba has a very easy schedule. And so I respect them for putting them in at number eight because they know the truth. All right. So there's some, at least there's some common sense there. All right, here we go. Let's go over to the women's side because it was also headlined by change this week. We got the Ottawa GGs, the new number one team in the nation with a 13-0 record. The Queens Gales are number two with a 12-0 record. My Regina Cougars have fallen to number three with a 10-2 record, while the Winnipeg Westmen are number four with a nine and three record. Acadia is number five with a nine and two record. The Bishops Gators are number six with a six and one record. The Saskatchewan Huskies are number seven with a 10 and two record. The Carlton Ravens are in at number eight with an 11 and two record. At number nine, it is the Alberta Pandas with a nine and three record. And at number 10 is the UFV Cascades. That's your team. They're almost bounced out. They're at nine and three. Talk to me. What are your thoughts? Well, Honestly, first things first, shout out to Canada West Women's Basketball. They got five out of the top 10 teams in the country, and they're they're hooping. And like I said, that Saskatchewan team at number seven is kind of my dark horse right now to come up with the Canada West because, like, historically speaking, the last two, three years, this, the Canada West has been Saskatchewan's conference, you know, along with Winnipeg as well, too. And I felt like you and I have been sleeping on Winnipeg this whole season. We haven't really mentioned them, but they've always been – a U sports um, con- um, team participant. They've always been a Canada West finalist, whether it's against Saskatchewan or against Regina. And they proved that they could win the conference by beating Regina this past weekend. So I think I'm really excited for Canada West playoff women's basketball. Ottawa and Queens, that matchup is going to be really good when those two teams square off in the near as well. But everything else on the list looks pretty fine. And I just like that you could tell that undefeated teams are at the top. And the teams with three losses are, you know, towards the bottom compared to where the men's is kind of just like you have a five loss team in at number seven and five loss team in at number nine. It's just the women's list. They got it done properly right this week. I have to agree with you on that. I'll say this. Shame on us. Shame on us for not giving Winnipeg the spotlight that they deserve. Because remember, last season, they were competing for a national championship. They were in the final. They were in the finals. You see what I'm saying? Shame on us for not giving them the spotlight that they deserve earlier. They had an amazing two-game series this past weekend against Regina. Split the series. Regina won one. Winnipeg won one. Uh, But they've shown that they are still a contender for a national championship. At the very least, they are still a contender for a Canada West championship. Uh, Kiana Giles, she's killing it. 
she's killing it. Um, she's their leader, and you know, she's putting up big numbers every single game. All right, so I think we got to put more respect on Winnipeg. I think their win against Regina this past weekend, even though they lost one of those two games, their win stood out the most. Their win is what opened people's eyes, and I think it opened our eyes as well. Saskatchewan, I'm with you. Dark horse to win the Canada West Conference. Dark horse to possibly compete for a national championship. And Ottawa, listen, after what they did to Ontario Tech this weekend, beat them down 102 to 45. I'm not even surprised to see this. Um, but this list looks really good to me. Uh, so no issues with this list whatsoever. Daniel, any final words? You know, New Year's, new blessings to everyone watching, everyone listening. Appreciate the support. If you've been with us from episode one till now, shout out to you, man. Exactly. Shouts to you. If you've been with us from episode one to now, shouts to you. And hopefully you're with us from episode now to episode end of the season. You know the vibes. You know the vibes. This is Deshaun Stevens, Daniel Noel signing off. So the latest episode, Ball Nut Podcast. Peace and blessings always.